Good afternoon, everybody. It is Ahi from Geek Empowered, and we are back. We are now on a schedule for our podcast because it has been so long and I missed it so much and so much has happened that we have to do a rewind and capture everything that we have gone through in the past few weeks. So let's get into it. So just the other day, maybe about two days ago, I got the opportunity to go to UI Labs where I'm Black in Tech hosted an event to talk about smart cities. So what is smart cities? There's so many different definitions for this, but the best way that I can capture it is a city, maybe Chicago, there's, trust me, there's better places than Chicago that does this, but they utilize technology. It's almost like a green tech where you look at the problems in the city like lights and um, water and energy and transportation. And we look at these things and we look at the different problems that we're facing in these areas and we come up with tech solutions to make these things better. And we we got to hear from different people, different experts. We got to listen to uh, Stephen Philpott from Colony 5, Jamila from uh, the city of Chicago, and um, Brenna from City Tech Collaborative, and also Jeff from, um, I want to say, <laughs> I don't want to screw up the school name, but it's, uh, it's a technology school here in Chicago. I got to find that information later. But um, we got to hear some really good insight from all of them and the impact that they are making on the city. And also, where can we improve? There was a lot of room for improvement, especially for the city of Chicago. And I would urge you, if you are not in Chicago and you're from a different city, definitely get involved in that conversation and see where the missing gaps are. See the data that is available that's out there because we do need data. It is essential for us to take on these different challenges that we face and like figure out solutions for them. And you never know, you may get involved in the conversation and strike something that you're super duper passionate about and decide like, hey, I want to build something around that. Let me start a nonprofit or a for-profit or a startup based off of the problem that I want to fix. Because you never know what you run into. Like for me, one key thing that always uh, strikes me, it always hits me is gentrification. Whenever I hear it, I'm just like, oh, we need a solution. We need one now. Um, Because I have lived in many different neighborhoods. Some were privileged neighborhoods. Some were underserved neighborhoods and everything in between. And there's a real difference when it comes to everything from food deserts to community development to education. So for me, when I hear about gentrification, I instantly get involved. So if you want to know more about what's going on, especially in Chicago, when it comes to smart cities and and uh, data science and all that type of stuff, you can follow the hashtag R-E-I-C Chicago, or you can also follow I'm Black in Tech on Twitter, and um, I believe they're on Instagram too. They host four of these sessions throughout the year, and their next one is coming up in September. And once I get more details on it, I'll, I'll send them your way. Also, if you would like to see pictures from that event, you can follow us on Instagram at Geek Empowered, G-E-E-K-E-M-P-O-W-E-R-E-D on Instagram and on Facebook. On Twitter, we are geek underscore empowered. 
So there is something that I have been working on for the past couple of months. I have partnered with Monique from the Civic Tech Collective. We've been whiteboarding this stuff out. We have been planning it and it finally happened. We launched the Tech Exchange. It is out there. It has happened. We launched the Tech Exchange, and you can visit our website right now, techexchange.co, where you can learn about what we're doing and what we're looking for. Because in the next couple of weeks, we will be recruiting our freelancers to start working. Super stoked, super excited about this. It took a really long time for us to get to the point where it's like, okay, it's a thing. We're putting it out there and now it's happening. So the next few weeks, we're going to be working really hard on the tech exchange and just making sure that people fully understand what this is, how it works. Um, It's pretty much a community of support for social entrepreneurs who want to change the world. Like we believe we can change the world. Like no one can tell us otherwise. And we are building the community for it. So these social entrepreneurs, they can get the data and the resources and the white papers and everything that they need to get their ideas launched and out there and ready for the public to assess and consume and rejoice in and just be (laughs) happy in. And so what does this look like? So for Geek Empowered, the way we are partnering with the Civic tech collective is by providing a skill matching service. So what we are doing is we are recruiting freelancers and contractors who are in web design, content creation, um, data, everything that you could think of that you would need as a team to support you while you are building this company we are providing. So we are looking for those different roles. And what we do is we approve them. We vet for them. We are looking at skill sets and mindsets. And and we're like, okay, you are working with a different kind of client. This is not just, you know, give me my paper type of situation. We are here to make change. So what we do is we recruit freelancers, we recruit contractors, and we assess them. And we go through an assessment and we kind of train them and let them know like you're working more of a as a consultant now as part of a team instead of you as a freelancer and being by yourself you are working together for the greater good so we are providing the skill matchmaking service to make sure that our customers that come through they go through a digital rfp and using ai and different data we match them with the right set of people And we're offering services at different tiers because when you get started, you may not need a full-blown team. So what are we doing? We're offering different templates for people to start with. Like, hey, if you just need a landing page to know, to let people know that you're out there, we can give you that. If you need a little bit more than just a landing page, we can offer you that. If you need the team, here's the team. If you need full-blown design services where we come up and we look at your whole ecosystem and we look at how everything syncs together, then... You can hire Geek Empowered as your consultant to work through all the different things that you need. So it's out there. The tech exchange is out there. Please subscribe to our newsletter. We're going to start sending newsletters very, very soon. So you can subscribe to them at techexchange.com. 
Co. C-O, not com. C-O. So now we're going to jump into our next segment. We're going to talk about the topic of the day, which I earlier spoke a bit about this on Facebook Live, and we're going to talk a bit about it here because I feel like it is an important conversation to have because a lot of freelancers, a lot of businesses are using this as their way to get into the tech community. And I am all about any road, cross path, any crutch, anything that can get us through the door. I'm all about it. And today, a very interesting conversation came up about web design. And that is, question of the day, is web design in its purest essence just the designing of building a website? Is that scalable? Is there room for growth when it comes to web design? So is web design a scalable business? This was a really good topic that I heard today from a Facebook group. And I had to really think about it because there's so many things that you can do with web design. And there's so many different business models that you can use to make it work for you. But is it scalable? Is it something that you can start off really small with just yourself. And the next thing you know, you have multiple offices that you're trying to uphold. And at first I was kind of in the middle. I was in the middle of, is this, because technically that's my business. That's what I do. I do web design, but you have to also take a step back and look at your company as a whole and go beyond the skill set that you have. And think about what are you doing for your customers? That is the stuff that you can scale on. What problems are you solving? That is what you scale on. And there's many different things that you can use that's related to web design that you can grow your business off of. For example, maintenance and hosting, troubleshooting, technical task. Hosting is a big one. Hosting is usually the one that people use that helps them scale because it is a reoccurring income that comes in that you don't have to do, if any, work at all to keep it going. You just pay for your servers and that's pretty much it. And people pay you monthly to keep their website alive. But when it comes to the actual design, there is a a lifespan of that service where at first, the customer is going to need you for everything and you got to make sure you get all that stuff done within a deadline. And then that deadline hits and you either make it or you don't make it. And then once it's done, it's done. And there is this chase, this up and down curve that happens with a lot of web designers, especially when they first get started, where you are just trying to make the dollars and you are recruiting every client that you can get your hands on just so you can get those dollars in the door. And then you get all these clients and you're like, okay, I'm stuffed. I can't take any more clients. And then you are doing all the work while you're spending all the money. And then next thing you know, all the money's gone. All the work is still there (laughs) and you're doing all this work. And then you're trying to recruit new clients at the same time. I have hit this peak and drop 
over and over and over and over and over again. I've been in, I've been doing this for a good two years and I have hit it multiple times. So, um, there's different ways that you have to work around that. And hosting is one of them. Offering hosting helps you not have to hunt people down for invoices or hunt people down to have them buy into your services. And that kind of goes into your branding. It goes into your marketing. Like you have to make sure that those things are aligned with the right type of customers. You don't want to have customers that's paying you a very minimal amount for a crap ton of work. And I mean a lot of work. I have I have run into situations where my cheapest client, and when I say cheapest, I mean like they pay like the minimum is the most hardest work. And sometimes it pays off. Whereas like there's a balance of you're learning a new skill set. You're learning how to work with different type of people. You're learning how to use different types of tools. And Sometimes the highest paying clients, you ain't got to do much of anything except for just be a consultant and help them. Like as long as you're helping them solve that problem, then it's all good. So you really have to look at that. What is that service that you're doing? Can you duplicate that without a ton of work? And the answer is yes. It just depends on your model. There's two ways that you can do that. At least from my point of view, there's two ways that I know that you can do that. One is to make sure you have the right clients and they're paying the value that they're, they're paying for the value that they're getting, not by your hours, not by calculating what a hosting is this much on Squarespace. And then your hour is this. And like the average web designer is that and blah, 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 blah. Like that's not what they need to be looking at. They need to be looking at the value that they're getting. For example, are you working on multiple websites for one client? Do they have multiple locations? Are you working on a back-end system for them where their experience is smooth and it's all set and everything's automated? But you really have to look into how big the work is, whether or not you can take that on with a certain level of effort. Um, you really have to dig into many different aspects of it. Because even the term design, even that word designer, there's many different types of designers. There's visual designers, there's research designers, there's UX designers, and all of them have a different skill set, but they all work on web applications. So you really have to look into what your skill set is, what do you fall under, Look at your clients. What value are you giving them? What does the work look like? Is this something that you have to take on yourself to kind of swallow up the cost? Or can you delegate that to a team? And that's what I've seen happen with with growth and scaling is that you take on larger, like the way you get to be larger is by taking on larger work and then delegating that down to your teammates or to your employees or to contractors. And then you just keep getting work that way. And then another way that I've seen it happen is you use downloadables, digital downloads, templates, plugins, branding packages, fonts, icons, all those different types of things that all you got to do is put it out there once. Like, here's the thing. Here we go. That's it. And people can buy that over and over and over again without, without you doing a ton of work. Now, technically, that goes into e-commerce and not 
exactly designed. So when you look at that skill set of a designer, someone who is designing a website, they design it and it's done, that part may not be as scalable as we would like it to be, but taking on different types of work helps with us growing. Like for example, Geek Empowered is not just web design. We look at our clients as a whole because it's our job to make it's our job to make our clients businesses easier to operate without our clients getting overwhelmed. So if that happens to be web design, then it's web design. If it happens to be admin paperwork and like redesigning paperwork to make sure everything's good, then it's that. If it's email automation and looking at systems and looking at, like, for example, I have a few clients right now where their stuff is everywhere. Like they have hosting in one place, they have their website in another, the domain somewhere else, they got all their documents somewhere else. And then it's just, everything is kind of everywhere. I have, I have ran into multiple situations like that. And it's our job to kind of help streamline everything to the lowest cost, the smoothest process where everything is together. And that is our job under Geek Empowered. So it's not exactly designed. So we scale, we scale in other areas. We scale in our hosting, we scale in our larger projects that are not just web design. So that is our way to scale. And other businesses do it too. And what you'll find is a good example is marketing agencies. They have to sell their expertise and they take on web design and they take on branding and they take on all these other things. So these are things that we have to look at when it comes to scaling.